Okay, so mates, it's beginning to look, look and feel a lot, a lot like, like Christmas. Christmas. Mm -hmm. Things are only a, a few days out. We have lots to discuss on this Thursday, December 22nd. Welcome to Fox Souls Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks. And I'm Nicordelai Corte. Happy holidays to you and yours. We are honored to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across black America and the stories that impact our people. That's right. We're going to bring you our news, our views and our voice. So let's tap into today's headlines. The body of two missing teens from Ohio have been found in the basement of a burned home. 16 year old Kimarion Wilder and 15 year old Kashawn Pittman were found in the vacant home in Toledo this week. That's just outside of Detroit. Now, the two boys were last seen on December 3rd at approximately 8.14 p.m. at the party at the Mommy Bay Resort in Oregon, Ohio. Five people have been arrested and charged in connection with this case. Now, a fire broke out at the house on December 5th, but the boys weren't immediately found due to a firefighter falling uh, through that staircase and being injured at that home. Families for both teams have set up a GoFundMe for the funeral costs. A couple from South Carolina is facing child trafficking charges after the two were accused of torturing a 10 year old boy. Police say 32 year old Mackenzie Lang Matthias Spencer and Nicholas Spencer are also accused of confining the 10 year old uh, to a small and cold room without clothes. Court documents obtained by the outlet uh, state that the couple quote recruited, transported and maintained the foster child for the purposes of exploitation. Officers say the Spencers used the boy and other foster children to solicit money from donors. Officials are working to determine why the American couple was in Uganda and noted that neither possessed a work permit. New details are being released in the case of the New York City subway shooter. Now, lawyers for the man accused of carrying out the worst attack on the subway system in years says he wants to plead guilty to federal terrorism charges. Frank James was charged with committing a terrorist attack on a mass transit system. Prosecutors say it was back in April when he set off smoke bombs, then started firing on an end train in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Ten commuters were hit, all survived. The court has scheduled a change of plea hearing for January 3rd. All right, soulmates, can we please just act right for the holidays mm. at least? An Amazon driver was returning to his truck in Detroit when he was robbed at gunpoint. Fox 2's Dave Spencer has the very latest. And it's sad because some other kid is not going to have Christmas because somebody else. And it's so messed up. This time of year, Amazon and other delivery trucks are everywhere. And this particular truck is parked at the corner of Pickford and Glastonbury in Detroit. It was the target of two thieves Wednesday afternoon. I got a call from my mom and she was like, they're robbing the Amazon guy. And I was literally right around the corner. So I shot home and we seen the packages and everything laying in the street. We were looking for the Amazon driver because we didn't see him because we were concerned about his well-being. Police say as the driver walked back to his truck, two men wearing black ski masks came up on him. The victim tells police one man had a gun and threatened him. The other started unloading packages into an SUV and took off, leaving the driver behind. It's sad that people actually do this, and I don't think they understand the trauma that they cause the people that they rob. The crime happening in an area with a lot of families, leaving some to wonder about who else might be affected by this robbery. Now you got to go through the house of getting the gifts back, putting in a report, and it's unfair because 
it could miss somebody's medicine too. Amazon delivers a lot of things other than packages. And left with a difficult situation to explain to little kids who still have faith in the Christmas spirit. She's like, Santa Claus will get them something. I'm like, yeah, this is just the Grinch just stole Christmas. The Amazon driver is okay and was not harmed, but uh, you, know, you know that I, Grinch uh, clearly, yeah. uh, you know, came really close to taking his life. Grinch, Grinch is, and, mm -hmm. and let me tell you, I, I love us, but there are times when, um, you know, I just really don't like us too much. I mean, this this was just. Um, uh, you know, unreal in the sense that, you know, the time of year, folks hard earned money um, and not only gifts like uh, the first thought came to mind was, you know, um, groceries, um, uh, medical uh, apparatus or maybe even medicine. Like the lady stated in the package, Amazon uh, delivers just more than than maybe gifts or, or, mm -hmm. or things that we might need on our day to day basis. And it's just really it's it's just sick and, and, it's, and it's unfortunate. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping the best in that situation, especially if there there were probably a lot of gifts on that truck that people would be able to recoup, probably not in time for Christmas, but at least to make good on the other side of the holiday, hopefully. And to the point that was made by, by uh, one of the uh, uh, participants in, the, in that story, mm -hmm. the trauma, the lingering trauma right. uh, is nothing to snuff at. You know, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, what it might feel like to have to go back to work, mm -hmm. you know, after you were essentially robbed at gunpoint. If he decides to go back to work. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it's just another example of, of what's, what feels like there's a desperation in the, in the air. There's so many stories out there this holiday season of folks being uh, accosted at gunpoint, folks going into stores doing smash and grab, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, really sort of uh, uh, dampening, not just the holiday season, but People's spirit yeah. and humanity. Yeah. You know, everybody is, is a bit, the regular folk, everybody's a, a little bit pressed in one way or another. And just to add insult to injury, it's just, uh, it's cowardly, it is thoughtless, and it doesn't speak to uh, any sort of kind of like, uh, you know, village or connection or unity. And uh, it's very unfortunate. I'm hoping for the best for the driver and those neighbors who may have lost out on, uh, you know, gifts or, or, or things that yeah. they may have needed. Let's do better, folks. That's right. Let's do better. You know, but you know what? I'll give you a, a, a hint mm -hmm. as to someone on Capitol Hill that is intent on doing better. All right. Uh, the Congressional Black Caucus will have new leadership. U.S. Congressman Stephen Horsford was elected as the 28th chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. He serves Nevada's 4th Congressional District and will be sworn in as chair in January when the new session of Congress begins. New York Democratic Representative Yvette Clark was elected first vice chair. All right, a, grew, uh, a group of newly elected black mayors are working with the White House to talk with administration officials about the concerns and challenges facing small to mid-sized cities in several critical areas of our country. Now, the new class of mayors included North Las Vegas Mayor Pamela Goins Brown, the first black mayor in Nevada's history. She says her top priorities were public safety, education, and her city's continued economic recovery, referencing an economic downturn that impacted the city over a decade earlier. Mayors stress that even at the local level, it's a team effort with the mayor and city council working together to get things done for the communities they serve. And speaking of getting, getting things done, check out the city of Long Beach. They held an inauguration ceremony this week to honor and welcome the city's newest elected leaders, including a few first-time council members and the new mayor of Long Beach, Rex Richardson. Just take a look. 
A grand inauguration ceremony at the Terrace Theater in Long Beach Tuesday. Honoring and welcoming the newest elected leaders for the city of Long Beach, including first-time council members and the new mayor, Rex Richardson. Sworn in by his mother, alongside his wife and two daughters. It's no greater honor for a mother. Mayor Richardson took his oath before hundreds of people. Congratulations, Mayor! And just like that. My fellow Long Beach residents, I am honored to be sworn in as your mayor this evening. Richardson made history as the first black mayor for the city of Long Beach. It's not lost on me that uh, I have um, the opportunity and the responsibility as serving as our city's first black mayor. Richardson will work with the city council that now has several new leaders who also made history with their wins. We have a new city council led by six women, more women than we've ever had at any single point in our city's history, who are all aligned and really marching in step as it relates to addressing our big challenges. We're going to be calling on the city manager to present, uh, present a declaration of emergency. And so I look forward to working with this, uh, with this city council. I look forward to working with leaders across the region. Leaders like Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass, who attended the ceremony Tuesday. But what I'm very excited about is to have Mayor Richardson as a partner. And I know that he will be a partner, as he said. He views homelessness in the same way we do now in Los Angeles as an emergency. Mayor Richardson says he too looks forward to working with Mayor Bass and plans to tackle the issues as a collective on day one. Leaders from all across LA County to make sure that we're doing what we can collectively to address this big regional problem, the rising cost of housing and homelessness. Richardson, the first black mayor in the history of Long Beach, was sworn in by his mother alongside his wife and two young daughters. He will be working uh, with several other newly elected leaders who also made history this week. Congratulations, yeah. Mr. Mayor. All right, let's stay uh, in Long Beach for just a moment. And then mama, gotta love that moment, right? So yeah. just hours after uh, being sworn in, Mayor Richardson asked city officials to draft an emergency declaration on homelessness in a letter addressed to the city manager Richardson and a city council member asked for the declaration to be presented to the council for its January 10th meeting, allowing the city to move fairly quickly and cut some red tape in hiring and procurement to address what Richardson said is a humanitarian crisis. Now, the move would be put would put Long Beach in step with L.A., where uh, just last week, newly elected mayor Karen Bass, as you saw in that piece, may, made a similar declaration, giving her the ability to create interim housing, uh, dispense money to groups that reach out to homeless people and cut red tape in regulatory and permitting uh, processes. Danville in California, Northern California, my old stomping grounds, is making history as the city celebrates the swearing in of the city's first black mayor. James J.H. Adkins has been sworn in as Danville's next mayor. The city is 235 years old, and Adkins is the first African-American to hold the seat. Adkins says uh, he's proud, but at the same time, he's very humbled. Mayor Atkins is a lifelong educator teaching history and civics. Uh, he served 12 years as 
a city commissioner and eight years as vice mayor. Okay, so from all of the good news to um, news you can use, as we here in Michigan, Detroit to be exact, are not the only ones uh, bracing for winter weather problems. It's going to impact more than a half, more than half of the country, the cold, the wind, and the snow creating problems heading into the Christmas weekend. Fox's Jackie Ibanez has the latest. It's shaping up to be one of the worst winter storms in decades. This will be a one in a 25 year type event for certain pots. Roughly 190 million people across the country are under some form of winter advisory as of Wednesday, according to the National Weather Service. As freezing temperatures, intense winds and heavy snowfall are expected Thursday through Saturday. The Midwest, Great Plains, Gulf Coast and Eastern U.S. are projected to bear the brunt. There'll be a lot of places where it looks like the snow's been scoured away to nothing. Uh, but then in adjacent locations, there'll be six feet of snow piled up in a drift. So it's going to be pretty wild. And the timing couldn't be worse. Be patient. I think it's going to be an interesting couple of days. Several major airlines have already canceled and delayed hundreds of flights with many more projected over the next few days. The de-icing program, it does take some time. You know, it takes me up to 30 minutes to de-ice an aircraft. Road conditions won't be any better. Sliding in the ditches, hitting curbs, um, you know, wench outs in the going into the ditches. Creating headaches for the nearly 113 million people. AAA say will travel away from home for the holidays. You heard it. A blast of Arctic air is also on the way. Officials warn the windshield could be life threatening for many in the Midwest. I was just watching uh, some of our weather folks here uh, at uh, our sister uh, station here at Fox 2 in, in Detroit. And, and that weather person said when those winds kick up 30 to 50 miles per hour, that single temperature will feel like negative 25 or, or, or 26 below. So I'm hoping and for the reminder. that you can Thank get you. out before Thank all you. of the, the mayhem uh, breaks. Our, our floor manager was just talking about the blizzard of, of, of 78. I was about seven years old and we actually still have pictures where I'm in this huge snowsuit. Remember those snowsuits from back in the day, the one body thing and I'm like this making angels in the snow. It, it's just As my face got tight. I know, but it's, it's, it's in our blood. You all, just have to prepare for it. And all of this is making it. me uneasy. You just have to prepare for it. And, and I'm just trying to get home for Christmas, I know. right? We, we're going to have to help you prepare. And the streets are going to be pretty heavy today, too, because, you know, the stuff is expected to come a little bit later on. So you got to get out there after we finish. You got you know, any good show. news? Any good news to share I'm about just, this? I'm, uh, yeah, the she fact that you, on real you have me, you have me to help you navigate through this thing. It's serious, honey. So when you when we finish, you got to get out in the streets, hit it, get everything you need because you might have to hunker anchor down for Christmas and not go back no, out. No, 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 no. I got to get home to California for Christmas. <laughs> you can come to our house. The family house is right up the street. Thanks from, for the invitation. Appreciate the it. Fox Black Soul headquarters. Still ahead, Growing Up Black, a new album that's available soon. We'll introduce you to the artists behind the new project next. You'll be okay. Ooh. I got you. African-American women and girls in Minnesota are almost three times as likely to be murdered 
as their white peers. While black women make up 7% of the state population, a new report found that they make up 40% of domestic violence victims in Minnesota. Now, according to data from the Missing and Murdered African American Women Task Force, some key causes of violence against black women include racism and other remnants of slavery, as well as harmful stereotypes and hypersexualization of black people. The task force also cited low wage employment and financial disparities as contributing factors. The task force will next seek approval from lawmakers to form a state office to support ongoing work in many areas in a centralized setting. Experts are sounding the alarm on a troubling rise in domestic violence cases uh, that they say worsen during the stress of the holiday season. Shanette Wilson has the story. Train experts say that domestic violence is more common than we think. They say especially during the holidays when people are even more stressed and that can lead to violence. Keep your eye on the screen. There's a number you can call if you need help. Such a tragic, sad thing to happen. Vashti Bledsoe is talking about the rising number of domestic violence cases. The last several weeks we've heard of a number of domestic violence incidents um, that has happened in our city. We talked to her tonight following the murder of 39-year-old Mesa Larkin last night inside this home on Haines Street in West Oak Lane. Police say Stanley Baptiste, the father of her two-year-old triplets, shot her to death. They say Baptiste then took his own life. As far as PFAs, I don't think there were any at the time. They were residing together in the same location. Bledsoe says she's seeing a 30% increase in numbers. Increase in our hotline numbers um, of people calling. We're seeing an increase in our um, services. So, you know, we rarely have to go to a waiting list for our counseling services. And this is one of those rare times. Bledsoe is the deputy executive director at Lutheran House, where she says they provide free services for survivors and their families. Fear is a real thing. If you're living with somebody who is abusive and is threatening to kill you and they've abused you so many times to the point where you almost thought that you were going to die, you're going to believe that. She says women specifically leave up to nine times before they can leave and stay away, and mostly due to fear, finances, and children. Lutheran House has a 24-hour confidential hotline you can call. An advocate can connect you to services. That can be emergency shelter. It can be a counseling program. You know, it can be information about how to get a protection from abuse order. It's very dangerous to leave a relationship. You know, abuse heightens 70% when a survivor tries to leave. So we do safety planning with survivors. For more information on Lutheran Settlement House, you can go to fox29.com. Seanette Wilson, Fox 29 News. Our thanks to Shanette Wilson. Again, if you need help, that number is right here on the bottom of your screen, right here. Make sure you, you write it down, save it to your phone because you never know who might need it. Um, I really uh, dig the fact that uh, this organization is laser focused on building safety plans, mm -hmm. understanding that, that every woman's situation is not the same. Uh, and you know that there are kids, there are finances, there are so many other pieces to the puzzle to to get in place before uh, a, a woman can leave uh, her abuser. Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised to learn that uh, women leave uh, up to to nine times before they're actually gone for good. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. And this holiday season and beyond, we got to make sure that we are we're looking for the signs, but more importantly, we're connecting uh, folks. Uh, to resources 
uh, in order to uh, get away from their abusers safely. Yeah, you know, and we, we're, we're taught um, or we're learned, if you will, to, you know, protect women and children. I think everybody should, should take a hand uh, in protecting one another. But in this particular case, we're, we're talking about uh, women and, and a lot of times that also uh, affects children. And so just the whole idea of protecting women and children. And I know it can be as small as like, a, you know, a cat call that can, that can come off as very intimidating or, or harassing in nature all the way up to escalating to situations that we just heard about in that report. So it's about staying mindful. And, and again, it goes back to this whole idea of how we're connected and how we affect one another and the village and the block and the neighborhood and that we all have to uh, better protect one another and look out for one another for sure. And it's important to, if you see something, say something. Say something. That's right. Um, but even more than that, make sure we're connecting people to the expertise that they need, the mm -hmm. resources that they need in order to uh, develop a, a comprehensive safety plan that's, that fits their situation. All right, now on to Georgia, where Decatur High School students are voicing their frustrations and concerns over a teacher's recent use of a racial slur during class. Students say that the teacher's brief suspension is not enough. Thank you all for coming out. Students, faculty, and community members united Wednesday in a town hall dedicated to giving black students a chance to speak. Why are the adults not acting like adults, but the kids are acting like ones? After a white teacher at Decatur High School openly used a racial slur on December 7th in front of students. That Decatur is not such a perfect place and also has its issues and its mistakes. Students we spoke to all agreed the teacher's suspension of less than a week and lack of public apology and school transparency is unacceptable. If you were really an ally and you really stood with us, you wouldn't be trying to keep this a secret. You wouldn't, you know, be trying to sweep this under a rug. Together, we have to this together. I'm just one person. You guys this video from December 16th shows a brief interaction between Principal Rochelle Lofstrand and students after they organized a walkout. Two days later, she sent families an email. In it, a very brief description of the actual incident, saying, quote, Our community still has work to do to address the harm stemming from an incident on December 7th when a white staff member used the N-word in class in front of students. Later in the email, Lofstrand addressed the walkout, saying, quote, When students moved the protest into the building, Building, it significantly increased the disruption to the orderly operation of school above the outdoor protest. I don't want you identifying our anger and our us being tired as disruption. That 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 you telling telling me that we're disruptive is give, it's communicating to me that you don't actually understand what we're doing here. Let alone do you care? Beacon Hill Black Alliance for Human Rights is supporting students, and leaders are sharing details of their meeting with the superintendent. An admission of the missteps that occurred around uh, the investigation of the incident, uh, the process by which um, it was handled and a commitment that there would be an outside party brought in to thoroughly investigate it. Both the Board of Education for the City of Decatur Schools and the superintendent say that they could not comment on personnel matters, but that the superintendent was working with the principal on steps that are expected to be in place once students return in January. 
Renovations for the first African-American public housing complex in the U.S. are underway. Pathways at Rosewood Courts recently broke ground in Austin, Texas. The renovations in the historically black East Austin community are long overdue as the price of rent and homes have skyrocketed. The reimagined pathways at Rosewood Courts will provide residents with modern amenities and affordable housing while also honoring the history of the property. The finished project will include 184 units as well as houses and townhomes. A rent to own program will also be available to help residents buy their own homes. The project should be completed in 2024 and residents who have been relocated will be offered first dibs. I love that word to return when pathways at Rosewood courts reopens. Students at Hill Friedman World Academy in Philadelphia came together to release a 35-song album. When's the last time you saw a 35-song mm. album? Uh, the album's called Growing Up Black, and the album focuses on the students' perspective on life, relationships, and family struggles. Fox's Ellen Coladesi has more on this inspiring story. Seven years ago, this state-of-the-art music studio was born here at Hill Friedman World Academy. They're getting ready to launch their sixth album to a whole lot of fanfare. It's so big, even HBO is doing a documentary about it. We kind of like a family, to be honest with you. In a school district that's struggling financially, it's not easy to create a program that produces such high-quality music. So proud. Students are so amazing. They make this job the absolute most wonderful job I could ever imagine. I'm so proud. I'm going to start crying. I'm so excited. Ezekiel Thurman created Hill Friedman World Academy Records, a groundbreaking program where ninth and 10th graders release an album every year. It took a lot of sponsors and help, but this one called Growing Up Black showcases work by 100 Philadelphia teenagers. Thirty-four songs that were finished. Um, student perspectives on life, on relationships, on family, on struggle. Not a lot of people got this, and like, like I see people on the streets and all that, and I'm like, if they had something like this, probably it probably changed. And since we got it, I'm like, we gonna make the best of it. I'm not gonna just come here and halfway do it. I'm gonna do it to the fullest. Oh, they're doing it to the fullest. Students say the program helps them grow not only as musicians, but boost their self-esteem as well. It really did. It gave me actually a booster. Like before I was always so shy, standing in front of people. Now, maybe not on there, but not, like in a class, if you ask me to go, I will go up there and say like, this really helped me with my confidence. And I like, really like that. I really like that about Mr. Thurman. Like he was just so accepting. And the kids at Hill Friedman want this sixth album to inspire others here at home and beyond. I hope that other kids around the world you know if you have a music program and you love to sing use your gift because you don't know how far it will take you now in addition to the launch for the whole school they held another performance for the entire community because everyone involved says what they created is truly something to be celebrated in mount airy ellen Coloje, fox 29 news and our thanks to Ellen Koloje for that report. The students hope that Growing Up Black, the sixth album of its kind, mm -hmm. inspires people in cities like Philadelphia and beyond. This is really awesome Ooh. to see some great news coming Dang, out of Philadelphia. Um, you know, and I really especially loved uh, the young woman uh, who said that being a part of the program really helped her with her confidence. That's right. right? Sometimes we forget you know, that these after-school programs are not just about giving kids something to do, mm -hmm. but it's about you know, teaching them about something, giving them tools, uh, but more importantly, 
uh, inspiring them and giving them the confidence they need in order to be successful in so many other areas. And of I life. was going to say inspiring, motivating, and you can't tell me that that doesn't spill over into academia. Mm -hmm. You know, you've you've got to hit these young people uh, where it matters the most for them, and 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 most times it's different ways of expressing themselves. And music has always been uh, an amazing vehicle. It, it is also uh, medicinal in a sense, as I believe there are healing qualities to music. And uh, big ups to uh, you know these young people, that teacher, the administrators who are allowing for this to happen, the sponsors, and and coming from radio myself, I did 30 years in radio. I'm hoping those local radio stations in Philly are playing these babies' music for just exposure and just to tap into the movement and and what uh, what these young people are trying to create, you know, for themselves and then for the ninth and tenth graders to come. It's a bit of a legacy. We're talking about what the sixth album here. Yeah. So I hope these radio stations in Philly are playing this music and surrounding areas stop playing i won't name them even though i know the companies i can't play these babies well i can't wait to download the album so yes. i can listen to it and that's I'm, how we can support while i'm at the airport i have Absolutely. a feeling i'm gonna be spending a lot of time at the airport i'm not gonna be alone and so let's all download the album and show them some support you might not even get to the airport coming up honoring the life and legacy of emmett teal What's being done to pay respects to his family? You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Just in case you're joining us, let's run back some of our top stories of the day. The body of two missing teens from Ohio have been found in the basement of a burned home. 16-year-old Kamarian Wilder and 15-year-old Kashawn Pittman were found in the vacant home in Toledo this week. The two boys were last seen on December 3rd at approximately 8.14 p.m. at a party at a Mommy Bay Resort. That's in Oregon, Ohio. Five people have been arrested and charged in connection with the case. Now, a fire broke out at that vacant home on December 5th, but the boys weren't immediately discovered uh, due to a firefighter uh, falling through a staircase and being injured at that home while fighting that fire. Now, families for both teams have set up a GoFundMe for the funeral costs. And a couple from South Carolina is facing child trafficking charges after two uh, were accused after the two were accused of torturing a 10 year old boy. Police say 32 year olds Mackenzie Mathias Spencer Spencer and Nicholas Spencer are also accused of confining the 10 year old uh, to a small room that was also cold and without clothes. Court documents obtained by the outlet state say uh, that the couple recruited, transported and maintained the foster child for the purpose of exploitation. Officers say the Spencers used the boy and other foster children to solicit money from donors. Officials are working to determine why the American couple was in Uganda and noted that neither possessed a work permit. Amazon trucks all over uh, are all over the place these days in, in your neighborhood as well as mine and thieves right here in Detroit made a delivery driver their target as the driver walked back to his truck. Two men in ski masks approached him. One pulled out a gun and threatened him. The other began unloading packages from that truck. No one was hurt, but uh, the thieves did get away. Police are trying to track down surveillance video to help identify whoever did this. And lastly, we've been talking about it all 
I'll show long major winter weather is on the way and it's going to tap all across the nation. Uh, and it's not just uh, the people traveling. The storm will affect people who are just going to sit at home and enjoy the holiday. So get ready for possible power outages with wind gusts up to maybe 50 miles per hour. If you see a down power line, make sure you stay at least 20 feet away and, and give the utility company a call. If you use a generator, there's also uh, the danger of carbon monoxide poisoning, so keep that in mind. And uh, here's some perspective. Also, uh, single gas powered generators can create 100 times more poisonous carbon monoxide than a car's exhaust. So you definitely want to stay uh, safe during this cold weather snap. The quarter live back to you. Thank you, Courtney. Now uh, off to Capitol Hill, where the House of Representatives unanimously passed a bill Wednesday to posthumously award the Congressional Gold Medal to Emmett Till and his mother, Mamie Till Mobley. The bill, which passed the Senate in January, is meant to honor Till and his mother with the highest civilian honor that Congress awards. Mamie Till Mobley, who insisted on an open casket funeral to demonstrate the brutality of her son's killing by a white mob in Mississippi after being falsely accused of whistling at a white woman in 1955. According to the Associated Press, the medal will be given to the National Museum of African-American History and Culture, where it will be displayed near the casket Till was buried in. We will never, ever forget. All right, speaking of being honored, the Smithsonian's National Museum of African History and Culture has announced the honorary chairs of its $350 million living history campaign. It's a list of notable people to help drive the purpose of the campaign to build the museum's funding and support its programs and digital narratives. The notable chairs include former President George W. Bush and wife Laura, former President Barack Obama and wife Michelle, Museum Council Chairman and former CEO of American Express Ken Chenault, television series writer Shonda Rhimes and media mogul Oprah Winfrey. The Living History Campaign is also a part of the Smithsonian Campaign for Our Shared Future. That's a campaign headed by Smithsonian Secretary Lonnie G. Bunch III and chaired by Tony Coles, Latanya Richardson-Jackson, and Brian Monahan. The NBA recently selected 12 nonprofit organizations throughout the U.S. and Canada to share in $4.8 million in grants intended to support the development of job opportunities, career advancement, and increased economic empowerment for black youth. The annual grant giving is part of a five-week celebration during the holiday season where the NBA gives back by supporting youth, families, and organizations across the country. According to Essence Magazine, one of the 12 nonprofits selected to receive grant funding is Avenues for Justice, a New York City-based alternative to incarceration organization. All right, these young uh, young athletes are getting paid. Check this out. Hyatt Hotels has become one of the first hotel brands to lean into college football's name, image, and likeness brand deals. The company recently announced that Hyatt entered into a new agreement with University of Tennessee football star Jalen Hyatt. The wide receiver recently made national headlines after he broke the single season receiving touchdown record. He's a bad boy. Now, the deal will include a bundle of gift cards provided to each of Hyatt's teammates 
families to help uh, offset the cost of expense, uh, expensive rooms for the upcoming bowl game in Miami, Florida. Now, the hotel brand is also going to help celebrate the talented players by providing him with the opportunity to visit Hyatt properties once the season wraps. So not only is it going to help his family, uh, his family, his teammates, families uh, actually uh, provide, you know, rooming uh, when they go to those bowl games. But thereafter, he's going to get a chance to travel. And while he travels, he'll be staying in Hyatt hotels. So listen, I've always been down with paying these um, uh, collegiate athletes. I, I think that they, you know, they put um, the, 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 the um, I don't know, the brand of their college or university on their backs, up and down that field, up and down those courts. And for now, uh, for them to be able to get paid and compensated for that and not only help them, but their families, is just long overdue. I was down for it from day one when they started talking about paying these college athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how far we've come. Mm -hmm. and, and speaking of long overdue, I mean, back to the, the story about Emmett Till and, oh. and his mother being honored posthumously. Mm -hmm. uh, long, long, long overdue. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just so uh, moved that, mm -hmm. you know, that honor will sit for the rest of time in the National uh, Museum of mm -hmm. African American History and Culture in mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. um, anybody that has had a chance to go to that museum and experience the uh, Emmett Till exhibit, you know, where they have the casket there and you walk up um, and, you know, you can look over if you stand on your tippy toes and you can get a glimpse of the picture of what Emmett Till looked like in that casket. And so uh, this is an incredible addition uh, to that exhibit. Um, and an honor again, long, long, long overdue. Mm -hmm. Everything they're doing at that museum, they they know how to do it to the tenth power. Yeah, um, they if you do. ever have a chance to go to Washington D.C., don't miss the uh, National African American History uh, Museum. And it's an all-day thing, so you know, make sure you you schedule the entire day, maybe even two days if it becomes yeah. because it's heavy. You know, it's it's just everything you can imagine in regards to our culture, our walk, our history. It's, it's, it is amazing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And hat tip, hat tip to Lonnie Bunch and all the folks at the Blacksonian mm -hmm. uh, that just make that museum just go go and, and represent uh, our history and culture so well. Still ahead, our thoughts are with the loved ones of international soccer star Pele and former NFL running back Ronnie Hillman at this time. Yeah, we have some updates uh, on them and other uh, sports and entertainment uh, headlines right after the break. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back. Charges against former Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown following a domestic battery incident in Tampa, Florida, have been dropped. The charges, which stemmed from an incident last month with the mother of his children, were dropped after she recanted her previous allegations that he intended to hit her or cause bodily harm. Yeah, both Brown and his ex-fiance requested law enforcement not to pursue charges. As previously reported, his ex originally said Brown uh, evicted her, locked her out of her house, threatened to shoot her if she tried to get back into the home and threw a shoe at her. Then last week, she recanted her story. So the state attorney couldn't prove that an assault happened. 
And rapper Young Dolph's posthumous album Paper Route, Frank dropped it last week, but the album isn't the only way the Memphis rapper is being remembered. Dolph's estate, along with his record label and the Trap Music Museum, announced the Dolph Lynn pop-up museum tour. Uh, it will kick off early next year. The museum tour will display original curated art and personal items that reflect Young Dolph's lyricism, personality, entrepreneurial spirit, philanthropy, and moments from his career. Now, those first dates will be for January 13th through the, the uh, 15th in New York. Other locations set to experience his impact include L.A., The Shy, Atlanta, and Dallas. You remember the 36-year-old musician's life was cut short when he was shot and killed in November of 2021. FX has announced the highly anticipated sixth and final season of its critically acclaimed drama series Snowfall. Today, FX announced that Snowfall's sixth and final season uh, will offer their installments. Uh, the season will kick off with a, a two-episode premiere before airing new episodes weekly on February 22nd. Now, the 10-episode season is said to give the team a chance to finish their story and bring Snowfall to a climactic finale, mm. showcasing the brilliance of everyone involved from the stellar cast led by Damson Idris to the writers, directors, artists, and crew uh, by uh, their network executives. And so first uh, debut in 2017, that's when it, it debuted, Snowfall. Uh, it takes place in Los Angeles during the 1980s and follows multiple characters as their different stories interact and intertwine during the crack cocaine epidemic brought on by an off-the-hook CIA operation. The series was created by the late John Singleton. Indeed. How much do we miss him? All right, Chance the Rapper and fellow artist Vic Mensa are bringing a potentially groundbreaking festival to the motherland. He will host the inaugural Black Star Line Festival next year in Ghana. Uh, the week-long festival will feature events, panel discussions, and free performances from several artists, including Erica Badu, your fave, Nicola, uh, T-Pain, Jeremiah, and Chance himself. It'll be held at the Black Star Square. Uh, that's a monument to the uh, political freedom uh, in 1957. Chance's inspiration for the festival came from trips he took to Ghana over the past year. He became friends with Mensa's father's family, steeping himself in in the music and art of the first sub-Saharan African country to cast off the yoke of colonialism. And I know you have plenty to say that's about right, this. That's right, that's right. That's, that's, that's my homeland. That's yeah. my father's homeland. That's where my name is from. That's where my roots are. And so it's great to see uh, one of my favorites, Chance the Rapper, uh, really uh, leaning into mm -hmm. uh, the history there and bringing something back to the motherland, bringing back something back to the black stars uh, in in Ghana. Uh, that looks really exciting. It does. I, I wish the Black Report, you know, could do like a a special report from well, Ghana. Well, maybe they just might send you there. I'm just going to put it out there. But I do want to ask this because I know your mom, Mother Corte, watches every day. Uh -huh. I want to understand why he was the only one that got the African name and the rest of the brothers got regular names like Jim, da Bob, <laughs> Peter. Dave, David, James, John, and Joseph. And then you got... Nicordalai. 
We're gonna we're gonna save that for a Fox. I'm gonna need your I'm gonna need your mom to explain that. That's one. a whole I mean, Fox seriously, Black Report, Report special. And it's and, and I know it's it's N I I dash. That's right. And then it's a whole bunch of more letters and vowels. Every and vowel, but it. oh. And everybody else got a regular name, but you. A common name. Maybe mommy knew that you'd be the super duper star. Every, you know, all her sons are super stars. So you over here starting stuff right before the holidays. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> Little Wayne is reportedly being sued by a former personal chef over wrongful termination. According to reports, Wayne's former chef, Morgan Medlock, has filed a lawsuit against Wheezy, claiming that uh, she was fired over allegedly leaving her scheduled shift to be with her injured 10-year-old son who had been hospitalized. Medlock claims that her termination violates California law and she's seeking restitution of at least a half a million dollars. However, there's a rumor floating around regarding the lawsuit that alleges that Medlock was actually let go due to sharing videos of her job on social media. The chef has posted numerous uh, uh, videos on her personal social media account showing food she had cooked for Wayne, including what is apparently his favorite sandwich. No. That, that was how they responded. On to something a little bit more serious. We're sending our prayers to soccer legend Pele as his health has taken a turn for the worst with local doctors announcing his cancer has advanced and he is currently receiving, quote, elevated care for kidney and heart issues. The three-time Brazilian World Cup winner has been battling an advanced cancer and is now under care at a hospital uh, after suffering kidney and cardiac complications. Pele had a tumor removed from his colon last September. The soccer legend's daughter shared an update saying the family will remain by his side at a hospital in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil over the Christmas holiday. Again, our prayers to that family and Pele. Former Super Bowl champion Ronnie Hillman has died at the age of 31. Hillman's family says that he died from an aggressive cancer that primarily affects those with sickle cell trait. Former teammates had expressed how dire Hillman's health uh, was in recent days, saying Hillman had been moved into hospice care. Now, Hillman was a third round pick by the Broncos in 2012, one of the youngest players selected in recent drafts. He was just 20 years old when the Broncos chose him mm. and didn't turn 21 until September of his rookie year. He played five games for the Minnesota Vikings and three games for the Chargers in 2016, his final season in which he appeared in any regular season games. Now, reports say that Hillman had liver cancer and had contracted pneumonia as well. Yeah, really uh, sad. We just, you know, reported on his condition yesterday, and I do believe he passed uh, overnight as a lot of his uh, former teammates were, um, you know, asking folks across uh, social media, making us aware of it and asking for uh, uh, prayers. And uh, just a heavy day or a heavy time, really, for the NFL, as yesterday we learned the passing of uh, a great Franco Harris great, uh, mm -hmm. as they are about to uh, celebrate the, the 50th anniversary of that incredible play he made back in 78, I do believe it was, 78, 78. Do you know Steve, our floor man? He's a little up in age, so he might not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it is really just a, a heavy moment. Yeah. And it really just brings to, to, to mind, especially so close to the holidays, that you really have to cherish the ones you love the most. So maybe take these stories and internalize them as, yeah. a, as a reminder to maybe reach out to a family member you mm -hmm. haven't spoken with in a while to just squash a beef or two and, and really just enjoy the time that we have 
uh, with people. You know, one of the surprising insights about uh, uh, that story, I didn't know that uh, for folks that have sickle cell trait, I happen to have sickle cell trait, mm-hmm. um, as do a lot of black folks out there. Um, I didn't know that that certain cancers, you know, can be more aggressive with mm-hmm. people that, that are carriers uh, of sickle cell trait. And so I think that's an important uh, something for us all to know and for us all to have a conversation with our doctors um, so that we are staying as healthy as we can uh, well into the new year. Yeah. I think that was 72. Duh, if it's the 50th anniversary. I could have done the math myself. I was thinking of a snowstorm back in the day. 72, yeah. 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 All right. Well, coming up, they say that you can't beat God giving, uh, but it looks like Kyrie Irving is trying really hard. At the right hand of the Father, huh? Well, it's uh, giving season, and uh, we'll also get into more black excellence still ahead on Fox Soul's Black Report. All right, welcome back, soulmates. So, tell me, do you want to dance with somebody? It can't be Whitney. <laughs> but some critics say Naomi Aki is the next best thing. And for others, their love isn't her love, with Black Twitter saying the ball was dropped. You decide for yourselves. Naomi Aki talks about what it was like to play Whitney and what fans can expect for the new movie. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Whitney Houston! Naomi Aki transforms into a music icon in the biopic Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. She did things that no one has ever done before and has been an inspiration to so many and connected so many communities. Um, She's a wonder. The film pays tribute to the late legendary singer's three-decade career, capturing her early days singing in the church choir to her rise to fame and the challenges that followed. We really see Whitney as uh, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister. Um, you know, we see her as a lover, as a, as a wife, and... Uh, All of these are love stories. One of the love stories depicted is her relationship with best friend and creative director Robin Crawford. They had a romance that started when they were teenagers and ended shortly after Houston signed her first record contract at 19 years old. It was beautiful to be able to share with the world different sides of her that we haven't seen. And having Robin as a part of it only feels right to share that because Robin was such a huge part of her life. And... You know, I believe they were soulmates. Whether they could be together or not, they loved each other until the end and beyond. Portraying the superstar was daunting for Aki, who says it helped give her perspective on her own life. This journey of of playing Whitney and um, and dealing with you know the pressures of this has has really helped me realize you know where I'm good and where I'm strong and also where I need to improve. A celebration of Whitney Houston's life starts in theaters Friday. In Hollywood, Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. All right, I Want to Dance with Somebody comes out Christmas Day. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. You going to see it? All right. <laughs> Just, is this your, oh, that's you. You going to play the album? Absolutely. Okay. Always so, playing Whitney. Okay. All right. She's got a great Christmas album too. So yeah. I mean, she's a great Christmas album, and then of course the Preacher's Wife mm-hmm, soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you, you got to definitely play that. Yeah. So you know, we'll be watching. 
Um, now, just days after it was revealed that Kyrie Irving had given $22,000 to a Howard University student's GoFundMe, permitting her to complete her studies at the HBCU, Reports are also saying that Irving gave $50,000 to another GoFundMe mm. that will permit a child care center to continue operating in the Treasure State. The Net Superstar has made significant donations totaling more than $300,000 to at least five GoFundMe appeals in recent weeks covering everything from education funding to funeral expenses to efforts to gain justice in high profile cases. He gave $50,000, you may remember, to the GoFundMe set up by the family of Devin Chandler, one of the three University of Virginia football players murdered by a former teammate who we are also keeping in our prayers this holiday season as, as, as those families uh, deal with that loss during uh, this time of the year. But on a much lighter note, say what you want to say about Kyrie Irving. He gets it. He gets it. And you're get, for me, your getting is in your giving. So no matter what he has to deal with as far as backlash and, and, the, and the NBA and their policies, he's going to get his because he's he, he gives. Well, you know, it, it, he is doing good mm -hmm. uh, during this holiday season, yeah. and that should be noted as yes. well. And so we are we're proud to do that. That's why we have Fox mm -hmm. Black Report. Merry Christmas as we wrap up. Have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Stay warm, stay safe. We love and appreciate you. We do. Until next time, I'm Nicole Delag-Cortez. I'm Courtney Hicks. Stay lifted. Merry Christmas. Stay warm. Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Merry Christmas. <laughs>